0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to All Things Medical Assistance. Thank you, thank you. And as as always, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody that's uh, stuck around, continuing to listen to what it is that I have to say. Um, you know, all the international listeners as well, thank you for listening. Um just means so much to me. The numbers are growing again still, so please uh, continue to listen, all you guys that are that are uh, hearing this podcast for the first time. I hope you find it interesting, you know, informative, if anything, at least, you know, opinionated. Um, you know, my 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 point is to try and be as open and blunt and um, informative as possible. You know, usually, because <clears throat> they're all, you know, my opinions, piss somebody off, right? Try and get someone to respond to, uh, to what it is that I'm saying. So um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully that'll happen. All right, guys, so it is Friday, November 11th, about 10 o'clock here in my living room. Um, happy Veterans Day. I want to say happy Veterans Day to all the veterans who have served uh, past and, uh, and, and current. I appreciate you all very much. Uh, out to my son, Josiah, as well, and his wife, Ariana. They're both active uh, Navy currently. So thank you so much for what it is that you guys do. Um, with, without your service and, and those that have uh, come before you, I think we'd have a much harder time obviously, um, within the country. Um, Even with everything going on now, you know what, either way, thank you for for what you're doing. So something really um, specific and interesting happened this week that I just wanted to make awareness about, and I think I've talked about this before. Um, I had another another subject to talk about, but I think this is very important because I think this is going to – I think this will – you know, strike a chord with everybody out there, you know, whether you're medical, you're not, you know, especially those that work a more menial job, you know, those that work more laborious jobs, those that work, you know, something that's, you know, a lot harder to do, you know, I mean, let's, let, let's, let let's get real, you know, I, I, I have the, the, the luck that, you know, I chose at a very young age uh, to get into this, this medical field and I thank God as well that, you know, it has grown, unfortunately, out of necessity, but, you know, it's given me job security. Um, you know, there's there, there's other jobs, you know, there's jobs that, that people do that others don't want to do, you know. We have people out there that are, you know, obviously, uh, you know, immigrant, you know, immigration issues, you know, immigrants, you know, that are, that are picking, they're still picking vegetables, you know, for, for everybody and, you know, those that are servers and and custodians and, you know, people that are doing the jobs that, you know, others don't want to do. And that's what I don't understand. You know, we have this, you know, we have this pseudo class of people that that think that they're better than everybody, you know, the people just because they might have a little bit more money, or they might drive a Tesla, or they might, you know, just barely make enough to, to make a monthly payment on, on a nice car. They think that they're, entitled and better than everybody else and and it's it's crazy how i've never known i've never seen i mean i grew up a very wonderful childhood i grew up um within a family business i had money i had means but i always remember being humble and i think that came from my grandfather who always made sure that you know even though we owned a business and we were politically you know influential and dominant where we were from that we understood the value of the dollar and we understood who it is that we come from and who it is that we actually serve, you know, because when it comes to political office, when it comes to anything, when it comes to being a principal, a school principal, when it comes to being a man, you know, you have people that look up to you for leadership. So therefore, you know, your humility is, is their necessity, right? You know, you have to be that approachable, good, um, uh, understanding, fair, you know, person, you know, unfortunately there are people out there that they get a title or they get, um, you know, a, a higher position, and and their their whole, you know, if your own life changes, and they become that bully that they fought against in high school, or for some reason they just think that they're entitled to, to treat everybody, um, you know, like like shit. <coughs> yeah, I think I hit the wrong button there. Hold on. There you go. All right. <clears throat> so, you know. What I wanna talk about today is an experience that I had earlier this week. So just to start off with, so when I started working for the University of Washington, um, you know, it was perfect schedule, you know. Ten uh 10 four day ten hour four four day, ten hour shifts, you know, three days off and um I'm very fortunate to have Friday to Sunday off. I mean it's it's a hell of a it's a hell of a schedule I get. You know, a consecutive day off, and you know today on Veterans Day, my daughter stayed home from school, so you know we're hanging out together. And I couldn't ask for a better day. Um, so yes, yeah, so when I started, perfect schedule, you know, and it's been great. And uh, I mean, obviously, through through changes, you know, there's always been this issue with urgent cares being annexed for primary care medicine. Now. We know that there is a horrible, horrible uh, presence of primary care um, access out there. There's just not enough primary care providers. You know, one thing that I've noticed, I've read a lot of, um, I've, I've looked at a, a, quite a few studies. I've, I've read some journals, and you know, I've read, I've, I've, I've looked at some um, reputable um, publications, and it turns out that, you know, the the youngs these days that are graduating are graduating towards the more lucrative um, types of medicine being orthopedic medicine, plastic surgery, you know stuff like that. you know nobody really has an interest in being uh, a family practitioner because well you know shit it doesn't pay it really 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 doesn't you know either either you're the only family practice in in a town like Beetlejuice or um you know and you barter you get free pumpkins for your service or um you know, you've been working 20 years, and and because of your raises, you have a bigger salary, whatever, you know. But usually, family practitioners aren't as lucrative as, you know, those specialty. So, um, there used to be this pride in being a family practitioner. There used to be a pride in being, you know, a physician where you got to know a family from beginning to end. You got to know a family for, you know husband wife child mother daughter father son granddaughter there used to be a, a honor in that but not anymore not anymore um i think one thing that happens is when uh, the medical students are graduating and they do get into family practice family practice has just become so so administratively heavy because <clears throat> there's so many metrics to meet and why are there metrics for those of you don't understand what metrics are so you know when you go to the doctor and they say hey uh, we're asking you to, to do this fit kit, which is a fecal um, test to check for colon cancer. Or, you know, we want you to have your mammogram or we want you to have your A1C check. Or, you know, yeah, your your practitioner cares and, and wants you to, uh, to be healthy. But it's really a matter of meeting a metric. So the federal government um, tells a medical entity, especially primary care physicians, um, you have to meet a metric of, let's say, 85% or more on, let's say, uh, breast screenings, right? So it is the family practitioner's practice to make sure that they get 85% of their panel in to be checked for, for breast cancer, mammographies, screenings. Okay? And what happens is when all that's done, that practitioner gets the credit. Um, A1Cs, you know, Doing, you know, regarding diabetes, you know, the government says, well, you know, you are expected to have at least 89% of your panel come in to be checked for diabetes for your A1C. I mean, if you don't meet the, the minimum requirement, you're not closed down, you're not sanctioned or fined. But what happens is, if you do meet that minimum threshold, the government gives you money. They will reward you. Because I guess there's a bigger metric that if you can keep a percentage of the U.S. population healthy, then it should somehow trickle down. And I don't know, then, then you know, if you can keep the majority going, you know, the majority will will, will will be, you know, dominant. But when it comes to this care, you know, when they sit there and say we care about you and this and all that, well, they may, you know, and they should. But it's really all about meeting a metric. They're, they're, it's really about meeting a percentage of patient panel base to make sure that that certain services are provided and they get money back i think at one time when i was in family practice i think uh the uh, the stipend was like a thousand dollars per i don't know so many whatever so you know when i was at kaiser you know, you, the 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 institution would get back like fifty thousand, or a hundred thousand, or one hundred fifty thousand per. So many people, so that's why it's such a push, 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 push for the medical assistant to call all the people they can to come in as soon as they can to get their you know buttholes looked at and their 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 breasts imaged and you know their their sugar uh, tested. You know, so again, you know, I'm sure that there's a practice out there where they they actually um, have a vested interest in your health but the bigger part of it is meeting metrics to uh, bring in money because it's basically free money, you know. I mean, you're getting paid to do a job, so do your job. Call everybody and, and hunt them down and stalk them and make sure that you call them every day until they mail in their fit kit or they have their mammography done, you know, and it's it's, kind of, it's ridiculous. But, you know, nowadays, you know, well, when I was in MA in family practice a while ago, you know it was more phone calls and paperwork and faxing and 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 printing and calling making phone calls than it than patient interaction and and that's it's horrible, so I think um you know that in itself has kind of killed the the um the love and the want to want to be a family practice practitioner or to you want to be in it I think it you know number one, I've always said that I think that family practice should be a specialty. Um, because you have to know a little bit about everything, you know. I mean, those that are in family practice should be very proud of themselves. Those MAs, nurses, whatever you know, whatever your your title is, because there's a lot of knowledge there. You know, vaccinations, adults, and pediatrics. And, you know, you have to know a little bit about. You know, you know, it's kind of like internal medicine, but on a smaller scale, right? And practice family practitioners have a, a wide, wide, wide field of authority. You know, I mean, when it comes to you know geriatric care when it comes to um, you know uh, neonatal and it just there, there's just so much authority there within a family practice, but unfortunately it's become so heavily administrative that's just very I mean it's just very undesirable to me. So you got to be a special person, and if you're okay with that, kudos to you. Kudos, kudos, kudos to you. <laughs> you know I'm more geared towards specialty. You know. Not only my medical assistant, but I'm also an EMT, and I'm also a surgical technologist. You know, I've been doing family. I've been doing. I'm sorry, I've been doing emergency medicine thirty years. Emergency response since nine eleven. So I'm more of the adrenaline junkie guy. You know, me, I find that more interesting. I'm. I find that I that being able to make those decisions right off the fly when someone's in um some kind of a cardiac event or emotional or mental event or something going on that I can sit there and make a decision and better affect the outcome for the patient and the and, and their family so you know again you know we we everybody whatever whatever area you work in you know thank you for doing what you do and it's very important so don't give up on it just you know just I think now is is, is more of a time that you have to figure out um, work-life balance and mental health um, awareness needs to be um, more aware, right, or they should promote it more and provide better care for their employees because these these big people like to push 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 push, push and push their um their employees, but then don't like to take care of them uh they'll say, well, you know you have these benefits and everything okay, I understand these benefits, but how about how about working with your population your 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 clinical base to not have to you know have to seek out these you know services how about you know, working with the clinical staff to be able to come up with a better way to process and a better way to work through your day than to have to say, oh, my God, my job is so stressful that I need to talk to someone or, you know, I'm, I'm depressed now or, you know, it's very unfortunate. You know, and that kind of segues into what it is that I want to talk about and experience uh, this week. Uh, so. You know, I have to say this first of all. In the urgent care, my, my my fellow MAs and the providers that I work with are amazing people. The urgent care that I work in, demographically, it sits within a city. Uh, it's called Federal Way here in Washington, and it's, it has a very high homeless population. Um, it has a very um, very diverse uh, population as far as the gamut on conditions. Uh, the, the big kick in the ass is, is that we're connected to a family practice um, within the building. So there's maybe five to 12 family practitioners, and then the urgent care is just five little rooms, you know, down the hall. And so again, with this lack of primary care presence, we're picking up all this, you know, primary care flack, you know, referrals, medication refills, very inappropriate for urgent care. Uh, but, you uh, family practitioners and even specialty, you know, like, uh, cardiacs and surgeons and stuff, they're, they're, they're abused. And instead of, instead of, um, instead of, uh, accommodating their patient base appropriately, they'd say, Oh, go to urgent care, let them take care of it. That's a horrible, horrible, horrible continuum of care because you know, where if your surgeon or your cardiologist or whatever could have just attended to you and taken care of your issue. Now there's another person in the mix and you're going to have to wait an extra day or two or sometimes things fall through the cracks. Whose fault is it? Your your, your surgeons or cardiologists or whoever it is that, that sends you to urgent care just so they don't have to deal with you. You know, I understand everybody's full and there's no time, whatever, but still, you still have a responsibility to do what you do. Whether you're an MA, a search tech, EMT, whatever, you know, you don't pawn patients onto anybody else just so you don't have to deal with it that day, you know. Uh, then, you know... If you can't handle it, then, then switch specialties or get out of it. Now, I could say the same for myself. Well, if I can handle it, well, I have to handle it. I'm, I'm handling it, and it's horrible because what's happening is with all of these, you know, non-acute issues coming through the door, they're holding up appointment times for people that do have acute issues, you know. You know, somebody who's there just for a referral or for medication refill, they're taking up anywhere from 20 to 40 to 60 minutes collectively that could be um, given to somebody who's got chest pain or a fracture. You know, instead of having to sit outside waiting to be called in when you've displaced your thumb, you got to wait for at least, you know, five people ahead of you because they're there for medication refill or because um, uh, you're there for a referral, you know. And, you know, society today has become so auto gratification um, heavy. I want it now, 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 now. You know, we get patients who go in for, let's say, a headache. Well, I see my doctor tomorrow, but I just couldn't handle it. Well, there's nothing we can do, and I think when that patient walks out, there's nothing that can be done. they feel like well, they weren't serviced right. Well, there's nothing you can do. you're supposed to see your primary care. Those of you that are in the field understand, but those of you that take advantage of it, please stop so anyways um so uh you know we have we've had this chronic issue in our clinic where it comes to um the appropriate way to um address early closures for let's say saturation of the clinic. What I mean is, you know, we close at eight o'clock, okay, and we take walk-ins until eight o'clock. Now it used to be that at a point if we saw that the schedules getting so inaudated that potentially we were going to be in clinic past the, you know, the time we get off, then we're able to call. Then they took that power away because one of the other clinics was abusing it. Right. So now you know, they brought it back, and, and I think there's been nights – I mean, usually we're, we're there till like, 9, 9.30. One night we're there till 10 o'clock in clinic. Un, un, unforgivable. It was bullshit. But, you know, the staff has been – administration has been trying to figure it out. So now what they've done for us is they've – you know, we have this online scheduling process, right? So what they've done is they've – um, at an hour before closing, which is 7 o'clock, no more online scheduling is allowed and no more um walk-ins are taken but they're put down as what's called an MSE a medical screening examination so basically what happens is you you're told you know the you know we're booked but we can get you what's called a medical screening and the provider can let you know if it's okay to wait till tomorrow or if you should go to the emergency room for your condition well you know the bullshit thing is is that when the patient comes back and we go through this we are doing a full physical exam rather the full workup, full vitals and everything. By that time, the patient feels like they're there to be seen completely, you know. They think already, well, you know, they've already chosen to see me for this clinic visit. So then they get stuck, you know, the provider is put in a corner and they end up having to see the patient, you know. And what administration says to get away from that is, well, we give you the choice to, to to turn it down. No, it's not that simple because if 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 we didn't have to do the vitaling and ask all the questions, then that would make it easier to turn it down. If we're allowed just to get, you know, a small snip of what's going on or a small, you know, just a very small explanation of what's going on, then we can have the the chance to turn it down. But when we bring the patient in, do full set of vitals, everything, the patient's expecting to be seen. At that point, it's too hard to say, well, you know what, we've gotten all the information, I've examined you and everything, we've gotten all your vitals, we just might as well see you. So that's what's happening. Well, we had a, a a physician who is having um, issues in her personal life, and it's, it's nothing domestic or anything like that. It's just um, health health, uh, health issues with a family member um, who early in the day, earlier in the evening, needed to get out of there. Something had happened and needed to leave, and um, our manager said, okay, I'm going to call our administrator on call to get permission, and we got the permission to close early, but we still had to see walk-ins and do this MSC bullshit you know so instead of saying hey okay we're going to stop and close the doors no more walk-ins you know tomorrow's another day they said no well we won't take walk-ins anymore but you still have to do medical screenings that makes no sense that makes no sense you know and their and their excuse is well you know we need to be uh, uh responsible it's about money it's about revenue cycle they, and productivity is how they refer to it you know other clinics there's one across the street they say we're closed we're booked Come back tomorrow. Clinics on a regular daily basis, family, card, anything. We're booked, solid, come back, make an appointment for another day. You know, urge, other urgent cares within our um, system have the ability to say, you know, yeah, we can't take anymore. But the administration wants to push and say, well, let's put them in a position to where they have to take them. They have to convert it. You know, and so anyways, so, you know, this poor individual um, has this issue going on and, you know, gets stuck for two and a half hours feeling like shit. You know, trying to keep their life in order and appearance in order, you know, at that time, uh, just so she can get out. And administration said, no, basically, it felt like a big fuck you. You finish your day and then you can go do what you need to do with your personal life. Now, again. We are in the position to take care of people in times of acute, um, acute injury and, emu- and acute emotional distress. But if you have clinical, if you have a clinical staff who they themselves is under duress of acute, you know, distress themselves because your employer is saying, "No, you've got to deal with it. You can deal with your personal life later," and they'll come up with any reason to to mitigate or to 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 make sure that they that they're not at fault. But they need to be careful you know, appearances are everything, you know, perceptions are everything, you know, if if a manager can perceive or administration can perceive that they've done the right thing by saying, well, we've given you the option, but you chose not to, then if your staff pushes you hard enough and takes you to, you know, and takes you, you know, up against a board of ethics or somebody that really wants to listen and really is for those that are you know, that that are in favor of the mental and emotional health for those that provide the clinical care, and you give them the reason that, hey, this is bullshit, you better be careful because all of a sudden, your back's going to be up against the wall. And it was so sad because, you know, this provider who is a wonderful provider, you know, always works, always there, works hard, volunteers their time, you know, volunteers their time, you know, for doctors without borders, goes across, helps people for months at a time without pay, had an issue with this one time and couldn't leave. Now they say, well, she could have left. We told her to. But she wasn't going to leave the second physician with a whole patient base to work by herself. You know, that's not, you know, that's, the, that's what they don't understand. I guess either because they're not physicians or because they're not in the position, you know, to them it's very cut and dry. But you don't sit there and say, okay, doc, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave all these patients to you. No, not this doctor anyways doesn't do that. They don't do that to, you know, who they're working. You know, and that's really the reason why they stayed because they didn't want the other physician to have to take on this whole load by themselves. And the uh, you know, and the administration's like, well, you know, and uh, you know, you know, well, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna mitigate our fault by saying we told you you could leave. But basically, we're saying fuck you, finish the night, and then you can deal with your personal life later. You know. And unfortunately, you know, and, and I bring this up as a topic today because this is unfortunately the way it is in a lot of places, you know, there's so there's such a high demand for for medical assistance and this and that, whatever. But there's such a shortage of them, you know, or there's such a high demand for good practitioners, but there's such a shortage of them when you treat them like this. Well, no wonder. No wonder, you know, when you basically tell somebody, fuck you. Yeah. And you wonder why people have a bad attitude towards you. And and you want to act like it's a surprise to you. That is just another notch on your belt for ignorance. Another notch on it. You know, you have this degree, this MBA, whatever. Then all of a sudden, everything's a, a different view. You know, before you had it, you know, you had feelings. You had you had misunderstandings. You, you had that feeling like, oh, my God, well, what? That's not fair. And then you get this d- degree and you're running the shit and everything changes. Because somebody above you tells you that you need to produce numbers. Man, we're not stupid. We're not stupid. And I bring this up today as an awareness, you know, um, that, yeah, um, you need to fight back or you need to at least make it known. People need to be embarrassed. People up there making these stupid decisions need to be embarrassed. They need to be, you know, they need to be embarrassed. They need to be pointed out by name and embarrassed, which is what we're about to do, which is what I'm going to do. You know, I, I talk a lot of shit but I get my shit done, you know, I talk, I spoke to my manager, you know, gave her my two cents and everything, but, you know, I'm going to go forward, and we're going to push this, and we're going to call people out, you know, and you have to do that sometimes, you have, to, you know, you, you know, we are told to use our best face, and our best this, and, you know, be professional, but how can we be professional if you are pushing those emotional buttons, if you're making us feel like we're caught by the balls that we have to. No, that is not appropriate. And for you to utilize that authority to do this is is very inappropriate. And to expect a reaction any any other than what it is is just stupid. But anyways, they're always going to have there's oh there's always going to be an explanation for everything, you know and. I feel bad, you know, and, and it's unfortunate this is happening still and that it's happening more often now, you know, so it's ridiculous. So I want everybody to know that, you know, your, your fears and your depressions and your anxieties are very true and very real, you know, and I'm so sorry for that, but, um, you know, I suffer from depression. I take medications. And I have a hard time seeking treatment. Why? Right? Because I just, it's not that I think I'm smarter than everybody else, but I just can't find the right kind of help. I've seen counselors. I've seen therapists. And, you know, at the end of the day, they just send me home or homework. Or after I've spoken for two hours, they ask me, well, what do you think? Well, motherfucker, I'm paying you. What do you think? Bad medicine, man. Bad medicine. Anyways... um. Yeah, so this was just a big rant today, and I hope uh, this finds everybody well. You know, so please be aware and stand up for those. You know, I really want this to be a stand up for those that need to be stood up for. You know that that are having issues that are that that you know, or even if they don't have issues, if your administration just acting like the jerk, you know, stand up for them. It's, you know, and and I get you. You know, if you're not a unionized facility and they and and you and you and you work for Netwill an State and they can fight you for any reason. I understand you're, you're you having to be careful, you know. And, and and I I I'm sure there's a way you can find a, a way to do this, but I'm sure you know. But for those that do have a way to do it, please stand up and and make it known. You know, you're 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 not just standing up for yourself and and your coworker that's being affected. You're standing up for those that are come after that are going to come after you. All right, guys. Santino for all things medical assistant. Thank you for listening. Again, happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all of those that are serving, who have served. Um, we appreciate it. And thank you for the freedom that you give me, that you give us. And, and please be safe out there, okay? All right, guys. Have a good day. And please, let's take care of each other.